Hello and welcome to Living the Queen Life, a podcast by Queen of My Own Universe. I'm your host, Margaret Foley, and I am the Queen of My Own Universe. Living the Queen Life podcast showcases the stories of ordinary women doing extraordinary things and brings to you advice, helpful tools and tips and inspiration about how you too can live a life that you love. I believe that every woman is the queen of her own universe, and I'm on a mission to empower you to believe in and lean into your full potential. Think, feel, and live like a queen. There's no one as special as you. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Living the Queen Life podcast. Today, my guest is me. I'm Margaret Foley, the founder and CEO of Queen of My Own Universe. Today, we are talking about a topic that is at the core of why Queen of My Own Universe was started, preventing and managing burnout for professional women. Busy professional women are burning out at a higher rate in Australia than anywhere else in the world. The challenge of working, raising families, being caregivers, and all the stresses of life today is taking a toll on the mental, physical, and emotional well-being of women. In this episode, we take a look at the statistics of burnout in Australia, and they aren't pretty, especially for women. So what is the definition, cause, and symptoms of burnout from a workplace perspective? And then we're going to get real about how your own mindset, perfectionism, inner critic, and imposter syndrome play as big, if not bigger, role in burnout than a high workload alone. I share some practical steps for making a plan to manage your stress, burnout, and recovery. If you're struggling with stress, overwhelm, fatigue, or burnout, then this just might be the episode that changes your life. If you know a woman who is struggling, please share this episode with her. And if this raises any questions for you, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can also watch a full video replay of this webinar online. Please visit my website, queenofmyouniverse.com for more information. Hello and welcome to our webinar. This morning we are going to be talking about the topic of burnout prevention and management for professional women. My name is Margaret Foley and I'm the founder and CEO of Queen of My Own Universe. And I welcome you to our session this morning and hope that whether you're watching this live or you're going to be watching the replay of it, that you really take away some key elements if you are suffering from or or, um, the way to experiencing burnout. So let's take a look at our presentation. We've got a lot to cover in this session, so I will get started with it. If you do have any comments or questions along the way, if you are watching this live, please do feel free to pop them in the comments section. And if I have time, I'll address them. If not, I will come back to you separately after this session. So burnout is a little too familiar for me, way more familiar for me than I would like to be. If you've been following me for a while, you'd probably be familiar with this. Sometimes people ask me, why do you talk about burnout so often? And the reason that I tell my story is that every time I do, there's a new group of women who reach out and say, thank you. That was me as well. I had a similar experience. I'm still feeling lost. I still don't think I've recovered from my burnout. So I talk about it because it matters. So my burnout journey was I was actually hospitalised with burnout three times over a period of years. On my last trip to hospital, my blood pressure actually topped out at 210 on 140 and I was at risk of a stroke. My doctor would say to me, Margaret, you are a heart attack waiting to happen. But it wasn't just that moment of burnout. For those of you that have experienced burnout, you know it's not this one-time thing. It's this insidious thing that just creeps up over you and you almost gaslight yourself into thinking that you'll be okay when this settles down, when that calms down, everything will be better. So you can see there on the screen the list of all of the things that I was suffering with for almost a year prior. So high blood pressure, chronic diarrhea, migraines, I developed depression, anxiety, work-related PTSD, couldn't sleep properly, I had hormonal dysregulation, which I thought was menopause, but it turns out it wasn't, and a host of other issues. So I left my job that I had at the time, 
and decided that I wanted to dedicate myself to helping other women. So after an almost 30-year career um, in executive and leadership positions, and most recently prior to starting Queen of My Own Universe, I was actually the senior vice president in a global software firm. A 60-hour week was a pretty crazy week for me back then. So after my burnout experience and what I learned as part of my recovery, I decided that I wanted to become a workplace wellbeing educator and a coach predominantly for women. And so I've spent a lot of time training and studying to learn different ways that I can help other women as well. Along the way, I've created some new content. So I'm the creator of a program called Seven Steps to Living a Busy, a Happy Life. I've co-authored in a book called Goodbye Busy, Hello Happy. I host a podcast called Living the Queen Life. So it's all about being for women and talking about some of the topics we don't normally talk, like to talk about. But here's the thing, I started queen of my own universe because I wanted to help other women to never experience what I've been through. Or if you are already struggling, to show you how you too can change your life while you're busy living it. But from my own experience of discovering that burnout programs and executive coaching programs, they were either super expensive and out of the reach of so many women they took up lots and lots of my time and I was already crazy busy. How was I going to find the time to do all of this extra work every day? And they just weren't necessarily relatable to me. And sometimes they felt a bit woo-woo that, you know, I needed to turn into one of these flowy dress wearing, crystal waving people. And that just wasn't who I was. So that's why I started Queen of My Own Universe. But let's talk about burnout because that's what we're here to talk about today. So let's take a look at the stats about burnout. And there's lots of, you can just Google statistics about burnout and you will get so many different reports and surveys. It's almost like take your pick. But here's the thing, the results are pretty consistent and they are not pretty. So Microsoft did a, um, a survey back in about August of, of 2022. It was called their Work Trends Index. It was a fairly comprehensive survey. So more than 31,000 workers globally and what they found is that Australian workers are suffering the highest levels of burnout at work compared to anywhere else in the world. Right? They found that 62% of Australian employees were experiencing burnout compared to only 48% as the global average. I shouldn't say only because 48% is still a big number, right? But it was even higher for Australian managers. So 66% of Australian managers reporting burnout. Another study done by the Wellbeing Lab, which is an Australian-based organisation in August as well, of 10,000 global and 1,400 Australian workers found that 68.5% reported feeling burnt out. And unfortunately, only 34% felt that they could actually care for their well-being now. There's some other statistics that matter to us here as well. Concerningly, women are reporting burnout at higher rates than men. And there are a few age gaps that are predominantly impacted in that as well, being 25 to 34 and then 45 to 54. And I think if we consider what might be going on for women in those age brackets, it's not surprising. <coughs> Pardon me. The other statistic that was interesting is that workers who are remaining in a hybrid working model are also most likely to need support. Banking and finance tipped uh, topped the industries of those experiencing the most burnout, which was surprising given that we thought our friends in healthcare and medical may have after the last couple of years. Education, hospitality and tourism also made the list of the top four burnout industries. But what are the pink statistics specifically? So there was another survey done in September of this year, um, an Australian survey of 4,000 Australian women. And it found that one in two Australian women are currently living with a mental illness. And for about half of those, it's severe in nature. 70% of the women in the survey reported suffering with stress and another 44% with anxiety. Two thirds of the women who were dealing with a severe mental health issue also have some kind of physical health condition that they're dealing with at the same time. And almost 30% of women said they did not have enough time to do anything to address their mental health. And that increased to almost 68% of women under the age of 39. So that's some pretty concerning statistics. And like I said, that is from September of this year from Australian women only. 
pardon me. So let's talk about burnout. So according to the World Health Organization, they've got a, a definition of burnout in their guidelines. And they say that burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. We'll come back and talk about some elements of that in a moment. <coughs> the WHO says that burnout has three main elements, being feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativism or cynicism about one's job, and re reduced professional efficacy. Interestingly, burnout is primarily related to the environment, such as when there is a mismatch between the workload and the resources needed to do the work in a meaningful way. Now, those of you who have extremely high work demands would appreciate that all too well. Now, burnout, and there's a part in that WHO definition which says had not been successfully managed, that actually relates to the stresses in the environment and it's not a weakness on the part of susceptible individuals. So the WHO are not suggesting that you're experiencing burnout because you can't cope with your workload or that you are in some way flawed. It is suggesting that the workload or the workplace stress, whatever the cause of that might be, is not being successfully managed, full stop. Some of the factors that cause work, workplace burnout. Now, you may, may recognise yourself in some or many of these. So a heavy workload and long hours, tick. Lack of control, which is potentially the inability to influence decisions that affect your job. Now, that might be around unexpected workload coming into you when you thought you were already at capacity. That might be we've had a lot of organisations changing what the working model was. So it used to be we were all at home, now we're back in the office a bit. And these things are happening without you really having any control over them whatsoever. Poor change management is also a big factor in burnout. Unclear job expectations. Big one here, dysfunctional or toxic workplace dynamics and culture. I know a lot of organisations are really struggling to re-establish what our workplace culture is post-COVID. Isolation or lack of support in the workplace and obviously an imbalance between our work and our personal life. Now, those factors specifically and some others are actually contained in Australian workplace health and safety legislation under the definition of psychological harm. Other factors that cause burnout to women specifically, perhaps for men as well, but we're here to talk about burnout for women. <coughs> so some of our other external non-work related factors are our caregiving roles. So perhaps that is children, elderly parents, spouses, partners, and perhaps there's also an imbalance in the home of that caregiving role. I know for a lot of women that I talk to, their family adjustment post-lockdown has been quite stressful. So this might be, you know, children returning to school or even starting school where they're actually back in the school environment after all our extended lockdown, particularly in Sydney and Melbourne. For some children, this has been their first experience of before and after school care because mum or dad are back at work in the office and the kids are having to go into before and after school care. Perhaps there's been some exacerbated mental health issues in your children during COVID or other health issues. Maybe the working arrangements of your partner or spouse, if applicable, have been impacted. And at the moment, there's a lot of mortgage stress and financial pressure because of our cost of living and interest rate rises in Australia. Some of the other contributing factors for burnout for women are some health and medical conditions, which we really can't talk about in the workplace. Unfortunately, it's changing and we have to talk about them more if we want it to change. What I'm talking here is menopause, reproductive hormonal issues, these women's issues that we all experience that can play a factor in how we feel and where our stress levels are at that are not okay to talk about in the workplace just yet. There's also then societal or cultural expectations about female gender roles and behaviour. As a woman, how am I supposed to be? What should I be doing? What is my role? And then there is the pressure that we put on ourselves, our perfectionism, our inner critic, imposter syndrome. Sometimes we can be our own biggest enemy and we're going to touch on those in a little while. And then there's the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves. So if we take high workplace pressure and all of these, any of these other factors, we're heading towards burnout. Now, burnout actually has five phases. Now, it's important to note that a little bit of stress is perfectly normal and perfectly healthy. 
But stress is designed to be something that we move in and out of, not leaving a permanent state of high or chronic stress. So what you see here is our five phases of, of burnout. Now, ideally, we're in this top area here where we're in the honeymoon phase, or maybe we've just got the onset of stress, but we're able to manage our emotions well. So this is our green light area. Our orange light area or our warning area is when our stress becomes chronic. So our stress levels rise, they're more frequent, we start to get tired, our anxiety really starts to kick in, we get cranky and irritable, more so than usual maybe, poor decision-making and your mood just gets lower. And if you're already experiencing some physical symptoms of burnout that came with the onset of stress, they're likely to worsen in severity here in chronic stress. This is the point that we need to stop and reset and manage everything before we move into the final phases of burnout, our red light area, which is where we're now in burnout. So your situation is critical. So you've got everything going on from chronic stress, plus you've got more. So you've got behavioral changes, negative mindset, feeling isolated and alone, and depression may really set in here. Your physical symptoms may get even worse. And then we move into the last area, this red zone down here, which is habitual burnout. You are now in a level of life-threatening physical and emotional symptoms. This is, this is where I got. This is why I ended up in hospital three times. And it takes, you know what, it's probably taken me a year to fully recover in every way from burnout. So what are some burnout symptoms you may recognize in yourself? Now, burnout isn't just feeling tired. We all feel tired. And as we just looked at, there's a certain amount of stress that's healthy and normal. But here are some normal burnout symptoms that you may recognize yourself in. So have you become cynical or critical at work or just life in general? That dragging yourself to work and trouble getting started, you've become irritable and impatient with your co-workers, your customers, your clients, and maybe your loved ones and friends as well. Your energy is so inconsistent. You can't be consistently productive. Maybe you have these peaks and troughs around your energy. It's difficult to concentrate. And just no matter what you're doing, you're feeling a lack of satisfaction from it. Disillusioned about your job. Potentially you're using food, drugs, alcohol. So maybe there is a substance that's coming in to feel better or just numb your feelings altogether. Hands up on that one for a while. Sleep habits, um, sleep habits have changed. Maybe you are suffering with insomnia. You can't go to sleep. You wait during the night and can't get back to sleep. Or you're just so busy that your available window for sleep is now so short. Maybe your menstrual cycles have changed as well. You know, that might be more or less frequent, heavier or lighter or stopped altogether. I know when I was going through this, I had a period that lasted for a month. And I was like, oh, it's just menopause. We won't worry about it but it was actually the burnout and the stress that was causing this. And maybe you've got unexplained headaches, stomach or bowel dis, um, dis, uh, issues or other physical complaints. So question that's just popped up here um, is um, elaborate a little more on my hospital visits, triggers, symptoms and treatment plan. So for me, it was about um, each time that I went to hospital, I actually thought I was having a heart attack. The first time it happened, I was home on my own uh, and I had been experiencing chest tightness throughout the day. And then I just got chest pain and, and an inability to really take a full breath and, and um uh, was quite scared. So I called an ambulance. So each time, actually the third time, a work colleague took me to hospital and took me to the emergency department. So what are, what presented in terms of the trip to hospital was actually uh, a feeling that I was actually having a heart attack. Chest pain, shortness of breath, dizziness, all the typical hallmarks of the onset of a heart attack. Each time it was actually diagnosed as an anxiety attack um, and, um, you know, thorough checkouts, which was great. In the months leading up to each of those, the symptoms I experienced was chronic diarrhea um, for months and months on end. I literally would eat food and then an hour or two later, I would have chronic diarrhea. So it was really, really difficult to manage. I had colonoscopies, endoscopies, you name it, I had it done. And they all came back going, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, I, as I mentioned, I had some hormonal dysregulation. So all sorts of things were going on with my periods and my menstrual cycles. Um, and again, I put a lot of it down to menopause until, as I say, I had this period that lasted for a month. 
and really heavy bleeding. I thought, oh, God, this could be really, really serious. Back to the GP, scans, ultrasounds, more blood tests, everything came back fine. Um, seeing neurologists for my headaches, everything came back fine. So all of these symptoms that I had, I sought treatment for them, thinking there was something wrong with me. And every specialist that I saw came back and went, and it's great news, right? There was nothing wrong with me in terms of I didn't have cancer, I didn't have anything, any disease or condition. I was simply stressed. So the consistent feedback was this patient needs to stress. I'm sorry to stop stressing. My third visit to hospital, um, I was completely checked out by the cardiologist because they were like, this is the third time this lady is showing up with this. They literally sent me home with a prescription for Xanax or sorry, Prozac. And I was told that I literally just needed to calm down. So the medical system also, because there's no true physical symptom or so condition around burnout, um, they they were just like, oh, you just need to stress less, lady. Here's some Prozac. Go home. Now, each time I experienced burnout, what did I do? I took a week off. I thought I'll just rest for a week and then I'll be fine. And then I went right back to it. Except the third time, the third time when I experienced burnout during my week off, I received news that a former colleague had died of a heart attack. And did I want to come to his funeral? Now, he was only two years older than me and he wasn't stressed and he wasn't drinking a bottle of wine a day and he wasn't particularly overweight. And I was all of those things. I was told by my GP only two days earlier, you are a heart attack waiting to happen. And so I went to this former colleague's funeral and I sat there and I saw his children and his wife and his friends and his family distraught that they were burying this amazing person. And I went, that's me if I don't stop. And I knew that what I was experiencing was happening to so many other women. And I, I just went, I can't sit by and have had this experience. It was like this wake-up call that the universe gave me that, Margaret, sort your stuff out, but then go and help others because you're not alone. Anyway, we're digressing. Important thing here, ladies, be kind to yourself. All right. Sometimes when we're experiencing burnout, we can feel that we are failing. You're not failing. You are an amazing, incredible, capable, intelligent woman who is simply being asked to function for an extended period of time at a level that is just beyond reasonable. Nobody can do what you are being asked to do for the period of time that you have been doing it at. Now, some days all you just need is a hug. Unfortunately, when we get into burnout, we tend to isolate ourselves and we feel that nobody will understand. That's why these conversations are so important. I did not know a single other woman who was going through what I was going through. I was also a single mother, so I didn't have a partner to share any of this with. And I had two children with some complex mental health conditions. And I felt so alone and so isolated and so ashamed of the fact that I was not coping. and I didn't have it all together. So what can we do? All right. We can plan for our well-being, but it does take a holistic approach. And I really want to cover this with you now. If you can take some time off. But I want to make it clear here that a holiday is not the only solution to this. You cannot take a week or two weeks off work and then go back to it and be be cured from burnout. It doesn't work like that. Do consult your GP. If you have any symptoms at all, have them properly and thoroughly investigated before just assuming that that is stress or burnout related. Consider whether you do need some additional support. So that might be a counsellor, a therapist, naturopath, complementary medicines. I threw myself at everything when I got to this stage because I'm like, if I don't get serious about it and do something different, I'm going to die. Um, review your diet. Uh, maybe consider consulting a dietitian or nutritionist and see if there's any areas for improvement. Oftentimes when we get into burnout, we are not taking care of ourselves. We are eating poorly. We are drinking so much that we are just not taking care of ourselves. And here's the last thing. I would really encourage you to be open-minded to some alternative approaches. What I once upon a time thought was woo-woo, hippy-dippy, like loopy-la-la bullshit, excuse my French, it was actually what saved and changed my life. That's what I want to talk to you about in a little bit. So we're all smart women here, right? We can all make plans. We make plans and write to-do lists every single day. So make a plan for your well-being. It's not going to happen just by thinking about it and wishing that it was your life was different. 
So start by being systematic about identifying the different areas of your life that are contributing to how you are feeling. Make a list of those stresses and then consider some possible solutions or some supports or some ways to improve or ease that situation. So for example, continually high workload, discuss it with your leader or manager. I know sometimes that feels incredibly futile. I get that. You know, I was sometimes when I would talk about the workload and my manager, my CEO would see the hours I was doing, it was like, well, maybe the job's too big for you. No, the job's just too big, full stop, for about three people. Shifting goalposts at work. Again, seek some clarity. And I know, again, that can be super hard to do. Maybe you've got children struggling with school, children um, suffering with illnesses. You know, as as a mum, we go into that mode where we fight for our kids. It is sometimes super hard to get resources to support them, and that can be incredibly stressful. Maybe there's marriage or relationship issues. For a lot of the women that I deal with, this is this is at play for them as well. Keep on top of housework and errands and after, like it's never ending, right? See what you can outsource. <clears throat> can you hire a cleaner? Get the groceries delivered. Carpool with other parents. You know, see what parts of your life you can outsource or delegate. And if you've got personal health concerns, you know, get some medical advice and get a plan together. A a fabulous supportive GP and especially somebody who specialises in women's health is your best ally in amongst all of this. The other thing that I love to do is actually create a plan for your well-being. I encourage my clients to write down all of the different areas of their life and then we colour code them. One of the things about when you're in a state of burnout is everything feels urgent, everything feels important and I can't possibly choose. You kind of go, well, what's the really important stuff? It's all important because that's how it feels and we are not in a headspace to be able to make non-emotional, rational decisions about what we actually need to prioritise. So this is just a picture here of of an example of of what I do. I still do this process today. Let's not think that just because I'm a happiness coach and I teach this all the time, I don't get stressed and I don't still need to intentionally plan my life. So if you are in, if you are experienced with goal setting, with time management, then you can do this and learning how to do this, it can actually help you go, okay, you know what, there's actually three critical areas in my life right now. You know, and they're my red ones. Maybe there's some orange ones, but they're my next level of priority. And actually, when I look at it this way, there's plenty of areas in my life that are actually pretty okay right now. When we break it down, we can actually see where we need to focus our attention. A couple of comments coming in. Yes, Danielle, a holistic approach um, is definitely um, a good thing. Kinesiology, I I highly recommend kinesiology. If you haven't tried it before, absolutely um, go and try it. You're right, it's not alternative. And I use the word alternative in inverted commas. These things that I once thought were woo-woo stuff, you're right, they're not alternative. They work and they're super, super impactful. So what can we do next? All right. So if it was that simple, right, that's not where this webinar ends. If it was that simple, we'd all be doing that and we'd be making the changes and nobody would be suffering with burnout. The reality is, even though the the, the World Health Organization of definition of burnout specifically addresses workplace issues, that is not the reality for the majority of people and especially women because we don't switch off. I don't know anybody who goes to work and just simply your mind is on work from nine to five. It doesn't work like that. That's not how our lives are. So let's talk about rest because for a lot of women, we just don't do it. And sleeping at night is not just resting. So there's actually seven different kinds of sleep um, that, or sorry, different kinds of rest that we need. And they're listed here for you. So physical rest, mental rest, social, spiritual, sensory, emotional, and creative. Now, ideally, we're having a little bit of all of these different kinds of rest in our lives. So if you think about a seven-day cycle, how can you do some of this? Now, physical rest is obvious. And physical rest is either passive So that's when we are sleeping or power napping. I've turned into the queen of the power nap since getting out of the corporate world. Or active um, rest, which is stress, um, stretching and massage. 
So I'll let you take a read of all of those different ones and we're going to come back to talking about how we can introduce some of those types of rest. Sensory rest, super important. Get off the phone. Just put it down. I mean, you know, the freedom of two hours without a mobile phone and not being on social media, oh, my God, it's the best thing ever. So we need to find some rest. Oh, good. Here's the thing. Listen to your narrative. Right? How are you talking to yourself consciously and unconsciously? So what you say to yourself can have a more damaging impact on you and your well-being than any high-demand stressful workload can. So, you know, this is where we're talking about mindset, really, and your subconscious and unconscious thoughts. So understand your mindset. Have a look at what you say when things go wrong or not according to plan. Are you using some horrible words to describe yourself? How is your mindset then affecting your energy? When you are in your negative thoughts and negative patterns, your energy just gets sucked right out of you. Explore also what beliefs you hold around success and work, wealth, money, love, relationships, life in general, being female. Oftentimes we will go, oh my God, I, you know, this is what my parents used to say. And it might be things such as, you know, you have to work hard. Nothing in life comes easy. Um, you might have seen parents modeling for you that work is all about working long, hard hours. Maybe you've got some blockers around um, money and wealth. You know that money doesn't grow on trees and money's the root of all evil and women's roles in things. So once you understand some of your beliefs, you can look and see how are my subconscious beliefs and bias showing up in how I respond and I react and what are they contributing to me making decisions about? All right, question here that's come in from Gitu. Uh, another challenge is HR does not work for you, but the company, so sharing the de such details can go against you. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, what suggestions do I have for women who find themselves in that situation? Um, great question, Gitu, and I, I can understand that sometimes HR is really there um, and it feels that they are certainly more there for the company's benefits than for you personally. I think there's two parts to this, um, and this is really breaking the, the burnout experience or your workplace experience down into what's right from an objective perspective and then the who's right perspective. We don't want to get into a discussion about whether my burnout experience or my, my stress is real. I um, often suggest to women actually that one of the things you, you do as part of a discussion with HR or and let's also say there's a difference between HR and people and culture. You know, if you've got people and culture people, they should be, you know, really, really understanding workplace well-being. That's what this discussion is all about. If you can go to your medical professional, particularly if you are seeing a counsellor or psychologist or therapist of some type, and have them actually write a letter, it's almost like a medical certificate about your, your mental health diagnosis, and get that on your HR file if you feel comfortable to do so. I know for a lot of people, they are simply not feeling safe at work. Um, and they simply don't feel that if I actually go to work and I talk about how I'm feeling and apportion any of the blame for how I'm feeling on the workplace, that this is going to hold me back in my career. There's unfortunately no simple solution for that um, other than thinking about whether if you... Look, honest truth, if you are in a workplace where you do not feel psychologically safe and that you cannot address your concerns and feel that you are heard and respected, genuinely, my advice is to consider another place of employment because they are not an employer that is genuinely caring for you. What else here? Ah, the perfectionist scale. Hands up, all the perfectionists in the room. Pick me. So women with perfectionist tendencies are more likely to experience burnout. That was me. And I used, I used to proudly say, I am a high-performing perfectionist control freak. Like if I could have got a T-shirt with that, I would have worn it everywhere. I was so proud of myself. So women with perfectionist tendencies drive themselves to achieve unrealistic and unattainable standards. And oftentimes what we're saying to ourselves is, I need to be perfect as a, as a wife, as a mother, as an employee, a friend, a daughter, whatever the different roles are that you play, you feel that if I am not perfect, then there is something wrong with me and people will think poorly of me. 
This was at the heart of my burnout. I believed that if I was not perfect at everything in my life, that I would not be approved of, I would not be loved, I was not good enough. Perfectionism often appears on the surface to be about a fear of failure or worrying about other people's opinions. But the underlying issue around perfectionism often relates actually to a fear of not being accepted, not being approved of and not being loved. We've got some inner child stuff going on here. All of us perfectionists have got some inner child healing work we need to do. So perfectionists also often have difficulty delegating. We kind of hoard all of our tasks. I know that I would sometimes have the CEO. She would come and she would see that I was really scientific, overwhelmed and struggle. And she would be like, well, let me do this and let, well, we'll give this to this person. I would be like, no, no, I can do it all. Because if I, I felt that if me admitting that I wasn't coping was me failing and that maybe that would put my position at threat because I wasn't doing good enough. And then, you know, she would think poorly of me. She would think less of me. And having her approval was so, so important to me. Yeah, Kylie, perfect, perfect comment. If you don't achieve those high standards you set for yourself, then you've got a very negative inner narrative. You do, absolutely. I would never ask anybody else to work at the level that I used to. In fact, if I saw my employees getting and working longer hours off, I'd be like, oh, my God, please stop. I don't want you to do that. But they sometimes also, and this is something really important for managers and leaders, if you've got people and they see you doing that, they maybe start to feel that I need to do that too. I need to work harder because I want to get promoted. I want my boss or my boss is working super hard, so I should do that too. So have a think about that. But, yes, oh, we're not failures, ladies. We're doing our best. Here's another one. Get yourself out of this circle of self-sabotage, all right? So who's got a really, really loud inner critic, all right? Your inner critic is where you become your own worst enemy. This is where we get into self-doubt, negative self-talk, our lack of confidence, fear of failure, fear of what other people will think. We can criticise ourselves a million times worse than anybody else ever will because you would never say to somebody else what you will say to yourself. And then we've got imposter syndrome. And sometimes we get like the triple, we're a triple threat, right? We've got perfectionism and our inner critic and imposter syndrome. Go us, that is like a recipe for disaster. So imposter syndrome says, I'm not as good as others. Or this one used to be a big one for me. It was like, I was at the top of my field and in my industry. And I would still sometimes go, do you know what? One day they're going to figure out that I'm not as good as they think I am. And I'll get exposed as a fake. So I lived with this constant pressure when I was looking over my shoulder, going, is today the day that I'm exposed as basically just being full of it and they're going to figure out that I'm actually nowhere near as smart and capable as I am? Or my own talk comes up, which is, and this for me, when I started doing this kind of work and I held myself back from doing these kinds of conversations for so long, so I'd be like, well, who do you think you are? Why would anybody want to listen to what you've got to say? You know, Why? And so we do this to ourselves all the time. Here's what we need to be telling ourselves instead. I'm doing my best and that's enough. And I am enough just as I am. We need to tell ourselves that over and over and over again. So here's something else we can consider. We need to take back our power. Now, a lot of the women who experience burnout are people pleasers. And they are poor at setting and maintaining boundaries in all areas of their life. And a big experience in burnout is this, this feeling of feeling helpless and hopeless and having no control over what is happening to you. Everything is just happening at you and, and you just you can't push back on it at all. And so in a workplace, if you've got high demands and shifting goalposts and poor job control to start with and you're a people pleaser, you may feel that you are simply not allowed to say no. Or you've experienced this fear and this anxiety if you were to actually do so. This was at play for me as well. You may not also then not feel that you can't say no in your personal life. So you're completely disempowered by not being able to set boundaries, say no and make choices about what's okay for you. Oftentimes I talk to women and they say, I feel selfish or I feel guilty if I say no or I don't agree with what somebody else does. 
oftentimes we've not been taught and it's not been modeled for us about how women can say no and hold their boundaries and hold their space in ways that are not then seen as being aggressive or you're being disagreeable or you're being a bit of a bitch, right? We get all of these things thrown at us if a woman dares to say no. So learning how to set and hold your boundaries re-empowers you to protect yourself and protect your energy. So if we take all of that, we take the workplace factors that the World Health Organization deems as being burnout, we take your mindset, your self-beliefs and your environment and we combine all of that, now we've got true burnout and this is what the majority of the women that I, I come across are actually experiencing, which is why I can't just, just changing your job is not necessarily going to solve everything. If you are still a perfectionist and your inner critic and your, your imposter syndrome is running right and you don't know how to set boundaries, all you're going to do is take yourself to a new workplace where, if we remember that funnel that we looked at earlier, <coughs> pardon me, when we come out of the honeymoon phase, a little bit of stress, we're going to very quickly move back into chronic stress and burnout again very quickly because we have not dealt with all of our personal factors as well. So what can we do? Let's take some steps to start healing this. Address workplace concerns with your manager or leader if you feel safe to do so. If you don't feel safe to do so, as I said, I would really recommend to you considering alternative employment. There are plenty of workplaces. I, I work with some and they, they're just amazing. And they truly take the well-being and the psychological safety of their employees really seriously. Decide what you can outsource or delegate from your life to reduce your workload. Like we talked about, get the groceries delivered, get takeout once a week, get a cleaner, whatever it is that you can possibly outsource, do it. Engage a health healthcare team to support your physical, mental and spiritual wellness and identify two or three types of rest that you are most lacking and start by introducing a little of each into your routine. What else? That's all the easy stuff. Here's the stuff that I personally believe makes a difference and this is what saved my life. Introduce basic mindfulness into your everyday. Once upon a time, if somebody said to me, oh, you should meditate, and my GP used to say this all the time, meditate, Margaret, meditation is awesome. There was a couple of things that I would respond with. Number one, you want me to sit still and do nothing for like 15 or 20 minutes. Do you know how many emails I can send in that amount of time? Like, I'm too busy to sit still. Uh, I thought breathing was, like, overrated. Like, I breathe anyway. What's the difference of breathing? I thought all of this mindfulness stuff was hippy-dippy, loopy-la-la, woo-woo bullshit, and I dismissed it for years and years and years. It actually works. It saves lives. It changes lives. But it's about how do we learn to do it in a way that works with our super busy schedule without all of the crazy stuff that's going on there. Understand your mindsets. We talked about what are those beliefs and how are they showing up in your burnout experience? How is literally your own mind killing you and taking you on this burnout journey? How do I connect to myself? We lose ourselves as women. So many of the women that I work with, I've got a lady coming in for a session with me in about an hour's time. Her sole reason for coming to work with me is I have been a stay-at-home mother for 16 years. I haven't worked. All I have done is take care of my children and I don't know who I am. Oftentimes what happens, though, is we do, we lose ourselves. We've got all these different masks that we wear. But I'm a wife, a partner, a mother, a daughter, a worker, or this. And there's these different versions of myself and these roles that I play when I show up. I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't know what makes me happy. I don't know what lights me up. Even if I had some downtime, I don't know what I would do with it because I don't know myself. So the real you, she's in there. She knows what you need. Prioritize rest and self-care. Your needs matter too. You know what that saying about, you know, why they get you to put the oxygen mask on first? You know, we're not very good at that as women. Again, we feel like we're lazy or we're selfish if we do something for ourselves. So learn some tools and techniques that help you manage situations in a more empowered way. I talk about I want to go from being a reactor to a responder. So instead of having this visceral, sudden, emotional reaction to something, how do I have a considered response? 
That's why we don't have first reactors. Our emergency services are not called first reactors. They're called first responders. So how do you become a first responder to yourself instead of having reactions? This one's super important. Understand your personal values and how to live in alignment with them. I used to not understand this phrase about, you know, I remember when my therapist said to me, Margaret, you're out of alignment with yourself. I'm like, what do you mean? Because, well, what are your values? And I'm like, oh, don't actually even know. Know your personal values and then live in alignment with them so that you reduce your own friction between how I'm living and how I actually want to be living. And of course, engage a life coach. They're amazing. <laughs> Who actually gets what you're going through and can help you to navigate your way through it. If you're looking to do some reading, here is some recommended reading. This book here, um, um, Burnout, Solve Your Stress Cycle by Emily and Amelia Nagowski. They are two sisters. This book changed my life. I heard about the I heard about Emily and Amelia doing a podcast with Brene Brown. I, I cried the entire way through it because the first time ever somebody was describing what I was going through and I suddenly went, it's normal. It's okay. There is not anything wrong with me. What I'm going through is called burnout and it's real. So if you could find that podcast, Brene Brown and Emily and Amelia Nagowski, listen to it. I ordered this book um, and I recommend it to every woman who is experiencing burnout. Sacred Rest by Sandra Dalton-Smith is where um, those seven types of rest comes from. Again, a really, really amazing book. Atomic Habits by James Clear. I do a lot of work around this, around mindset change and habit setting and habit changing. And the other book that's there is a book that I've contributed and co-authored in, which is called Goodbye Busy, Hello Happy, which is um, stories from 25 different women about how you can think about the different areas of your life, different parts of your life, and how you can take out the busy and um, find your happy again. Uh, just a comment that we've got here. I had a son that died and only... Wow, I'm so sorry that you've had that, you know, profound and, and uh, experience. And I can only imagine then that, yeah, the, the, the hard lesson that you don't need to be a perfectionist in life just to show up for yourself. Um, and I hope that you are, you are doing well. Um, so thank you for popping that message up there for us. Right. I want every woman to be the queen of her own universe. That's why I call my business queen of my own universe. I want you to connect with your true self, to uncover how amazing and powerful you are. The thing that came to me is I kept on looking for all these external things. And I did. I hired a life coach and a spiritual coach and accountability coach. And I had a therapist. I hired all these different people. And what I came to, to have was this sensation that everything I need to be well is already inside of me. And all I needed was people to guide me to look in certain ways, to challenge my thinking, to hold me accountable, and to really help me understand that being spiritual, in inverted commas, because that means something different to everybody, was actually all about connecting to myself and being authentic to myself again. So learn how to connect to yourself and understand that everything that you need, you already are. Now, let me say that again. Everything that you need, you already are. It is just covered by your years of stories and experience and maybe trauma of some type. But you're still there and you can uncover yourself, right? Empower yourself with a positive mindset, strong boundaries, and heal those inner child wounds. Create a toolkit of really simple, powerful techniques that you can literally do anywhere, anytime. It doesn't have to take 15 minutes, half an hour. I teach techniques for super, super busy women. You know, at, at Queen of Mind Universe, we talk about you're going to change your life while you're busy living it. Techniques that you can do for one minute in the shower, 30 seconds when you're dropping the kids to school, whatever it is, you can do it. And overcome all of those past stories. All right. If you'd like to talk more about anything that you have um, that we've talked about today, a ladies, I'm always up to talk about burnout, share my experiences, and give you advice. And even if it's just a virtual hug, then please do hit me up. Absolutely. If you would like to work with me, here is what I offer: I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching and support. It's ninety-minute sessions typically, so either in person or online. So I work with women all over the world. I'm a woo-woo free zone. All right. What does that mean? I'm deeply spiritual and you will find crystals in my office. All right. But we're going to talk about your spirituality 
in really plain English. We're going to get to some of the science of it as well so that we don't scare you off by thinking that you also need to start talking about your chakras and, you know, wearing crystals in order to start healing. If you want to, great, go for it. <coughs> I share a lot of my own personal lived experiences, um, which are so relatable to so many women. I look back now and I go, now I get why I have lived such a full life of all of the experiences that I've had. They now enable me to be able to help other people as well. Please do join our, our community on Facebook. We do a lot of free group activities. We've got one starting this Saturday, the 3rd of December. We've got a 21-day challenge starting, which is about, you know, giving yourself literally like two minutes a day and how we can actually reset our pathways and our thoughts in just two or three minutes a day. Please subscribe if you don't already to the Living the Queen Life podcast. It's available on all of the streaming um, services. As an end of year special, though, this goes until the 31st of December. If you purchase any three, five or 10 second session pack packages of training with me, coaching with me, there's a 20% discount. But that's only for the first five customers. I have a limit, obviously, of how many people I can work with at one time. So I am offering this to the first five ladies um, who do sign up for coaching before the 30th of December, uh, 31st of December. You don't need to jump into it. If you go to my website, then you can um, go in there and book a time to have a chat with me. I also run another program. This is a fully online program. So if working with me one-on-one -on -one is either not something that you're ready to do yet um, or not affordable, then you can also do my seven steps to living a happy life program. It's fully online. So it's video tutorials, downloadable worksheets, journal prompts, materials, uh, and it's only $49 um, for you to um, have access to this program and do all of this at your own pace. Uh, and that is available on the website as well. Um, join me again. So next Wednesday, so Wednesday, 7th of December, I'm running a session. So same time again, 8.30 in the morning, where we are going to talk about overcoming imposter syndrome and perfectionism. So you will find that on um, LinkedIn and Facebook as well. So, and again, even if you can't attend um, live, please do register as attending so I can make sure that a recording link does get to your inbox after the event. So please connect with me. I love to have conversations with women and help you on your journey through burnout. You can find me on LinkedIn as Margaret Foley. It's also a Queen of My Own Universe page on LinkedIn and Facebook. I'm on Instagram as Queen of My Own Universe One. You'll find Living the Queen Life podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. And my website is www.queenofmyownuniverse.com. Thank you so much. We've got a little over time today. We could talk about burnout and these topics all day long. So thank you so much. Whether you have joined us live this morning and those of you that have, thank you for your comments. Um, if you are going to watch the replay of this, please, if there's anything in here that does resonate with you, please don't hesitate to reach out to me um, on message or on contact form on my website, and I'll be more than happy to chat with you anytime. Thank you all so much and have a fabulous day. Thank you for listening to Living the Queen Life podcast. You can join in on the conversation at Queen of My Own Universe on Facebook. Queen of My Own Universe 1 on Instagram or visit the website at www.queenofmyownuniverse.com. Please join me again soon and in the meantime, keep on living your best queen life.